Welcome to Take a Wonder with Shebs, the show that features some of the biggest travel bloggers, TV and radio personalities and journalists from all around the world. Each show aims to take my guest on a wonder and uncover topics that may not be discussed on their platforms or in the media, whether that's the state of travel blogging and journalism as it is today, or whether there's enough diversity within the industry. Perhaps what impact technology and social media have had on content creation, or in general the impact of current affairs on the industry. I also try and find out the journey behind each individual's success, as this is more important to me than the actual travel. My guest at this point is travel blogger Martha Knight. Martha, welcome to the show. It's great to have you on. How are you and where in the world are you at the moment? I'm pretty good, thanks. Yeah, I'm in London in the UK. Just tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. So I'm a travel blogger and amateur travel photographer. Um, and I run a blog called May Cause Wonderlust, uh, which is a hope the effect that it has. Um, and I tend to focus on sort of two opposites of vast, empty landscapes and vibrant, bustling cities. And I think the reason I'm drawn to both is to do with being quite introverted. Every guest I bring on, I try and get a bit of an understanding of what it was like for them to fall in love with traveling. So for you, early stages of when you first fell in love with traveling and also what was your education and did you cater towards travel itself or was it a completely different field? Education, yeah, no, not really studied English and then film studies at university. I did always have this idea I'd be, uh, oh, well, I, my dream job seemed to be travel writing, but I didn't really think that that was viable, that I'd ever actually managed to do that. So I never really viewed it seriously. But I think my love for travel came from uh, when I was younger, growing up. Um, it seemed like everyone was traveling but me. Like it can't have been true, but um, in the small village where I grew up, all of my friends and the children my age had all been somewhere in Europe, at least, you know, maybe a package holiday in Spain or camping in France or Sweden, Italy. And I hadn't been anywhere other than Wales. I think we used to go camping in Wales uh, for our summer holidays. And I don't mean to disparage Wales because it's beautiful, but I just felt like there's all these other places and everyone else is going there except for me. And of course it wasn't true, but I had that sense of FOMO. It was a bit of a chip on my shoulder that, you know, there's a world out there and I'm not seeing it. And then when I had my very first sort of tentative taste of travel, which was when I was 14 and we did a school trip to France and, um, I remember it being about £42, which was a big deal because we didn't have a lot of money, but I was allowed to go. And the coach left our school at like, um, like one in the morning, I think, to make it to Boulogne. I think I did the same trip. Boulogne was like £42 back in the late 90s, I believe it was. So I think we're both showing our ages at the moment. I don't know, I don't, I don't know, whether, they, I don't know whether the kids these days go to Boulogne. But well, it's it not the best destination in France necessarily, is it? But I was, uh, I was so excited to go. It was just excited to be on the ferry, to be like dealing with a foreign currency and all, all the things that came with it. I was giddy with excitement. And then when I did a bit more traveling, I did a big trip when I was um, 18. I planned a big mm. backpacking trip around Europe with friends um, after like we did our A-levels. And it was just glorious. I just loved every second of it, even when it was sort of stressful and tiring. Um, so it sort of felt like then I'd got a proper taste of traveling. And 
it sort of scratched the itch for a bit, but then, you know, not fully. So I sort of still have that sense of there's a beautiful world out there and I want to see it. So that's really where my, my love of travels come from. When you were traveling those early ages, did you have any sort of meaning behind what you're doing? I think it was a sense of there is a world and I'm not in it. So there was this real kind of sense of just wanting to see and experience what was out there. And it sort of started with cities. For me, I was interested in like the, the capital. The first stop on that backpacking in Europe was Paris. And I just sort of absolutely loved it. Um, it just felt like I was sort of adding to my understanding of the world to be out traveling and experiencing places for myself. So it's quite a selfish driver, really. Um, it sort of adds to my confidence but my understanding of the world and my confidence in it travel I feel like the reason why I ask you that why it's relevant is because of your blog that we're going to talk about now before I come on to the blog the blog only started recently from what I've read your career before that what was it in and why did it all stop why did you transition into a travel blogger yeah my career I mean I guess the best part of 20 years I was sort of mainly in corporate roles doing consumer insights so like research and analysis to help companies work out what their customers want and need so that they can do better I guess where it changed was with pandemic coming along and we all went into lockdown um, and I was put on furlough from my company which was affected I was everyone was struggling and I, I was struggling with the lockdown and with the just you know not being able to go outside and this idea that we're just stuck here and one of the ways that I coped with it was reliving travel memories from places I'd been around the world so even if I was stuck in my flat in South London you know I could sort of relive the feeling of being in the desert in Namibia or like somewhere like that and um, what I started doing was Instagramming and I was sharing photographs from my travels and I um, was sharing the memory and the feelings of being in these places and sort of started to get um a bit of traction like people following me and started to feel like oh this is a interesting thing and so I was doing it more and sort of getting more followers and um I guess at the same time ended up getting made redundant from my company and was looking at my options there weren't really other jobs on the market at the time it must have been tough going through a period during the pandemic yeah. as well being made redundant and not knowing exactly where you're next well trying to get a job during a lockdown period I've not really met too many people but assumed that was pretty difficult period yeah it was really tough I was applying to lots and lots of stuff but the reality was there was about one job I think that was actually a match for my kind of experience and um I ended up not getting that one job <laughs> <laughs> so it was really difficult I was at a crossroads but I realized that I could you know I could do something different with the situation that I was in I did have the opportunity to do some freelancing and start to work for myself on a sort of consulting basis and with that flexibility I had more control over my time um, so I saw it as an opportunity that I could perhaps start to do the thing I always thought I would do which was the travel writing and I could balance it with the working for myself so I could still earn money through the day job but I could sort of have the power to free up some time in my calendar which I never got in those corporate jobs in the UK, I don't think it's as bad because we get more holiday time, don't we? Yeah, I guess when I got kicked out of it, when I was made redundant, it just sort of felt like, at first it felt like, you know, a tragedy, like what am I going to do? But after a while, I kind of felt like, actually I do have options. I can 
live in a different way. I can work in a different way. I can set my own balance. And part of that balance was I can create some time and energy that I didn't have before to explore this idea of blogging. The blog itself, you started it, as you said, during the pandemic. What are your long-term goals? It's been a couple of years. How successful have you been in a crowded field now? There's a lot of blogs out there, a lot of travel blogs out there. I think my intention was to see if I could really make it a thing, to see if I could make travel writing something um, that other people want to read and that could make me money as an income stream and it started to make a very small amount of money <laughs> it's a tiny amount so far so I've got a long way to go I think you know the traffic lines are all going up so I feel like I'm sort of making progress I don't know whether I could be making faster or slower progress but my aim is to inspire people to travel so I sort of want to focus on um, you know, giving people ideas and destinations and things to do there that could excite them and inspire them to travel so my slogan is um inspiration for exploration yeah i'm just really keen to see if it can be a thing that um sort of becomes a you know a destination site and 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 drives some revenue that can fund my travels just pick specific travels so you know it, it caters to to the blog itself well i've sort of got this dual focus that maybe i'll end up separating at some point i don't know which is the kind of the vast empty spaces, like I talked about, like deserts and, and uh, mountains and things, then cities, uh, mainly because that's where my interest is. I seem to be drawn yeah. to the two extremes. And that's that's, that's a, just another side question on that. Does it have to be something that you are really interested in? Is there a point starting a blog where you might think there might be money in it? Or do you go for something that you are actually passionate about? been talking about that recently I, I think I have to be passionate about it to get the drive to really write it because I found that where I've been places that I maybe I liked but I didn't really love I haven't written about them and I think it's because I haven't got the kind of real drive to whereas the places that I've been that I just think are absolutely amazing and exhilarating you know I I, I find I'm writing about those places all the time and and so th- I might well come back around and write about the places that I like didn't love but I'm finding right now I'm I've got the fire in my belly about the places that are really exciting and I'm passionate about are you traveling with anyone specifically like a partner or friend what what is your main way of travel I do a mixture of traveling with my husband and traveling solo which might be weird for people but yeah I do often travel solo because I guess as I've gotten older I've wanted to travel more and I've sort of really made this a focus uh, whereas my husband, as he's gotten older, he sort of realised like he finds it a bit stressful sometimes when we travel. Certain kinds of trips, he's really keen to come along. Other kinds of trips, he's not so keen. So I do a mixture. Probably in the last year, quite a lot of it's been solo. Um, and you know, there's a real upside to travelling solo because you can do <laughs> whatever you want <laughs> on your solo trip, which is really nice. Obviously, you'd want to want your husband to be there and have some companionship. When you're traveling solo, especially as I've traveled solo over the last 10 years or so, you feel as though you can get more done and you're not tied to anyone. Like the way I do it as well, when I, when, I, when I travel solo, I'll go now to a place where I'll just book a, a day's worth of time there or a couple of days at least max where I think, and then I'll just add the days along. Okay. And that way... It, I go based on my urges when it comes to yeah. traveling. Yeah. And then, because travel, I, I feel as though for me, that's what travel is all about. 
how you feel, get a feel of a place, the culture, the people. Yeah. And then if sometimes I'll have, I don't know whether it's for you as well, but where I might think like, okay, I got plans to go to all these places. Like for example, when I went to Costa Rica, I had like seven or different, seven or eight different places that I thought about. In the end, I stuck to three or four, I think it was, just because I just felt I want to stay in this place for slightly longer. And yeah. that's okay, I think, when it comes to travel. You don't necessarily have to have everything all planned out to a T because travel, you just go wherever it takes you. So I sort of often know roughly how long I'll, where I'll go and where I'll spend in each place. But what I do, I normally leave that up for grabs. So like the last place I was in was in Albania and I planned to be on this area on the coast for a while. And I sort of thought I'd do tons and tons of exploring, but in the end, I really liked this one spot. I just sort of stayed there because it was a beautiful beach, a beautiful town in the mountain. I was just fine, actually. I, I feel like I feel like resting here and just sort of absorbing it all is what I want to do right now. The uniqueness of your blog. So what makes you different to other blogs out there? I think is perhaps different is I'm quite um, focused on the experiential side of travel. And I don't mean big immersive experiences that are kind of like cultural immersive experiences that are all organized, but I mean just focusing on how it feels in a place and trying to capture that in writing and trying to express that um, through my content. So that's something that I really try to do that I think lifts my writing out of just purely being informational or kind of just being like the same old 10 things to do in xyz place that you can you know find dozens of so that's what i try to do there's a lot of blogs out there and there's a lot of travel blogs out there and the question i always get asked about from a lot of people how, can you really make it is it sustainable is it is there longevity in there with a lot of bloggers i've noticed as well over the last couple of years they will go through like a transformational period where they might have like a certain niche and then they'll have like another another niche so they're like right. another sub niche another sub niche on the sub niches and stuff you might be writing about certain things right now for example but i assume you've got in your head that it might change over time because you just have to evolve the question is are you ready for that and are, are you looking to to potentially do that when when it does come to the time thing i've sort of got my eye on is whether i should um split my focus so that I've got more of a niche around either the kind of big empty landscape type places like deserts and forests and glaciers all that kind of stuff versus city breaks which is kind of where my two interests are so that's the thing I've got my eye on if I'm honest the thing that's I, the reason I haven't explored that further is the technical side of if I was to try to split that, then some of the content on my current site, I'd want to move over perhaps to another one, and I haven't worked out how to do that yet. <laughs> you, you will have to find ways eventually to to incorporate certain things. If you're following a trend and if you're not really specifically interested about it, for example, national parks, you're not particularly interested about national parks, but you know it's big at the moment right? do you just go for national parks because you know it's going to get you high? what people wanting to read your stuff people wanting to follow you because of that is it all a numbers game and that's another question actually with social media is a massive tool to have when it comes to blogs today for example 15 years ago or so when it first started coming out blogs was, it was just a blog and yeah then you had to find ways to 
to get yourself noticed through a blog, through advertisement, etc. But now social media has got a really, really key part to play for yourself. How much of social media have you utilized with your blog? Well, it's interesting because I guess I started on this travel content journey through Instagram and I ended up sort of getting, I guess, a decent-ish number of followers. Um, and I sort of thought for a moment, oh, is this, you know, will I just perhaps carry on growing and becoming an influencer? But I sort of, I didn't pursue that in the end because I couldn't see, you know, I do want to monetize my content. Um, but I couldn't see a way that that would work on Instagram. I can't see myself ever sort of vlogging products, for example, uh, to my followers because I just don't think that would work with the way I built that audience. Yes, in my mind, it's more about building a platform that you can perhaps monetize through other means, through advertising or through affiliates, um, through a blog. But yeah, I think I've got to be passionate about it. I think part for me, I guess, coming to this relatively later is it is a passion project. So I don't think I'll be doing anything purely for the numbers. You may also actually have an advantage because you've worked in an environment where it's it's a corporate environment. Sometimes I meet a lot of bloggers and it's their first job. Right. They may not have the work experience or the know-how. So do you feel as though you have an advantage over that? Or is it about working smart, do you think, whatever age or whatever stage of your career or whatever stage in your life you are? It's tricky. I have I found that you, you need a lot of self-determination for it because you're not part of a team with accountabilities to anyone other than yourself. So you've got to find the discipline and the drive and keep the momentum yourself. So that's been one of the things that I've learned. I found it, though, easier to buckle down and get something done with blogging versus anything I've done in my career, which I always felt like was a little bit of a sign that, well, this is something you should really try to pursue then because this is something that you quite enjoy even when working hard, even when it's hard. And for me, the hard stuff is always the technical side of having a website. Would you say that's your biggest challenge in keeping things up to date constantly website-wise or what, what are the biggest challenges, would you say? Yeah, the biggest challenge for me is the technical side of sort of first creating the website and then sort of just dealing with things that maybe go wrong along the way. Like apparently right now I have a CLS issue that I've tried to fix but still haven't managed to fix. Um, so that side of it, um is the bit that's like most likely to get me pulling my hair out which is ironic because for a while I was uh leading a, a digital insight team in a big broadband <laughs> corporation in the UK so I feel like I should know a lot more than I do about building websites but that's the bit I struggle with anyone who is looking to start a blog what advice would you give them we thought about that because I feel like I'm quite short like a short way into my own journey but things that I feel like definitely helped me was I invested in a course early that was quite a detailed practical course about setting up a blog um that covered tech side of it it covered um you know plugins you should use and uh, how you can do things like affiliate marketing and uh just having that groundwork and some step-by-step instructions, I think, saved me a lot of time with things that would have been really challenging otherwise. Um, and then just, you know, accept that you're going to evolve. You don't have to know it all. Like, mm-hmm. even if you do a course, like I've said, you won't know everything straight away and you'll learn more as you go along, and that's fine. Like, But don't let that hold you back from starting. Just start, and then you'll 
you'll sort of work things out and improve as you go. The most important thing, if anyone who's looking to start up a blog, perseverance, you use the word discipline, you have to be very disciplined in what you do. Otherwise, you're going to get stuck and not progress. Taking advice as well, perhaps maybe having a mentor. These are all important factors in becoming a successful blogger. Collaboration is a key point that a lot of bloggers I've come across talk about and they feel as though it's really important to their blog to get noticed faster. Have you thought about collaborating with other bloggers, other writers, other travellers in general? I think uh, there's the kind of um, informal kind of collaboration where, you know, I'm part of things like Facebook groups and um, things like that to just sort of connect and ask advice of other travel bloggers. Um, and I found that it's a community of people who are very helpful, you know, really willing to sort of help give tips, etc. And then more formally, I've done quite a lot of collaboration in the form of um, taking part in collaboration posts that other bloggers are hosting where I might write, you know, a few paragraphs about a place. And uh, that's really good technically for SEO to get backlinks. Uh, to my website, which sort of builds up the credibility and the authority with the search engines. So I've done quite a lot of uh, that. And also I've done one guest post so far, which I, and I have plans to do some more, which is another way to sort of raise your profile and, and create backlinks back to your website. So, yeah, it's been super, super important. And I, I've been really pleased, like super impressed with how supportive the travel blogging community is. It's been really, really welcoming and supportive. The stage I've got to with my sort of career was because of the fact that I've collaborated with so many different people and that has been a key factor to I think that's a key factor to anything any job any field that you're in if you look at any business you talk about your corporate business a lot of the corporate businesses will try and partner up with other people other companies because it's a way of getting noticed and it's the exact same thing as, as a business where if you're if you are your own business collaborating it for me I personally is the key mm-hmm. to succeeding I think you, you could do as much work as possible you may not get noticed until you start being in the same sort of field as people who are there already you see and then they'll go hang on a second this person's good I'll recommend them and then if they start talking about you that's how you they call it within the media they call it like sound bites you need those sound bites really and I think sometimes you need it through working together with someone that has got those sound bites already so it's a, it's a key element. Where would you say at this current moment has been your most memorable trip since you started the blog? I mean, maybe Iceland. It was, it was, it was the second time I'd been there. Um, but this trip, we did the. My husband came with me on this one. Uh, we did the ring road. We did a road trip all the way around, and it was just absolutely spectacular to sort of go back to some place that I'd been before and discover some new places, and then yeah, to see this eruption happening was absolutely phenomenal. Um, just once in a lifetime type stuff. We flew over it, we flew over the bobbling cauldron of lava. It was absolutely amazing. And can people read that blog? There's a blog about seeing the eruption. Obviously, right now it's not erupting, but you can still go to the eruption site and yeah, I've got to share some pictures of my experience of flying over it, which is unbelievable. You're not traveling when you're not working. Have you got anything else you'd like to do to keep yourself busy? I'm really into movies. That was um, one of the things I studied at university, did a degree in film studies. My husband's really into film. He's a filmmaker. 
So that's things that I, I sort of really interested in, passionate about. It sort of dovetails with travel sometimes. There's been places I've been to that I was inspired to go to because of a movie. Um, and there are some places I've been to that I then watch films about and sort of it enhances the experience of watching the film, I think, when you know the place sometimes. Like New York City, like such a cinematic city. Um, every time I sort of watch movies, I'm like, oh, I've been there, I've been there, I've been there. Before I let you go, Martha, it's been great having you on. Please tell people where they can find you. You can check out my blog at maycausewanderlust.com. Um, I'm also on Twitter, maycausewandle, but I couldn't fit the U-S-T on the end of it. And on Instagram, I'm just Martha Knight, which is my name. Well, Martha, I want to wish you the best of luck with your blog. Hopefully we can see each other very soon as well. So thank you very much for coming on. Brilliant. Thank you so much. It's been great. That's it for Take a Wonder with Shebs. Don't forget to follow me on all of my social media platforms. Until next time, bye for now.